So for every person who's here, we want to thank you for coming in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we want to thank all of those that are joining us online. Thank you for joining us online. Thank you for choosing to join us. We don't know why, but we pray that your decision will be worthwhile. How shall it online? Amen. And yeah, thank you for being here. I'm happy to see you myself. Long dive, no swim for most of you. Amen. Yeah, um, let's just continue praying for Tiamo. Tiamo is not, she's been struggling lately, but God is good. Amen. So we couldn't bring her. Just before we get into today's word, can I just give honor where it is due? Amen. Let me thank all the leaders who have stepped into faith. Amen. You know, to lead at the time when it is easy to be complacent takes strength. Amen. So I do want to thank all of you who are actually making sure that we remember we do not necessarily model perfection, right, as leaders, but we model faith. When there is hopelessness in the world and the people are wondering where to go, the, someone has to come and step forth. And sometimes it becomes a literal thing when the Bible says sometimes you have to lay down your life for the sheep. Sometimes you have to lay down your life for your friends. Amen. So, when you think, should I? Should I not? These days, anything can happen to you. Amen. But you know, it's funny. The fact that anything can happen to you, it's actually beautiful for your life. Because it allows you not to be in the illusion, under the illusion that you have tomorrow. How if you are really convicted to you realize you can't postpone living. You have to live today because tomorrow you don't know. So some of us are of the view that whatever happens in the world, the fact that it can take my life is no excuse for me to keep my life on hold. Your days remain numbered even if you choose not to live them to the fullest. So better live your life so that when you die, you die in action. Some of us want to die in action. Yes. We, we don't want to die wondering what it feels like to die. When you are in an army and you are advancing another towards another army. Have you seen those old, not where they were shooting, you know, those sword, man-to-man engagement wars. There's no cake time. When the enemy comes, you charge too. How do you know the skill of the person you are charging against? You don't know, you have to trust your own. 
That's how you die in action. When you are in action, you have to trust your own. And our own is Jesus. He's able. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what we can ask or imagine. Will it cost us our lives? Yes. Don't be under the illusion. But that's what we are called to. Amen. So we do want to commend those leaders and those workers and every person who makes sure that the gospel continues. We want to thank those who have been ministering to the needs of the saints, particularly the elderly. Amen. But once we want to thank you. We want to thank even those who have taken a step forward to fill the gaps. Amen. Amen. So, whilst other people are like, they do have genuine reasons. Amen. But it's always a good thing for others to step up. So, we encourage you, Luena, step up. Get into the gaps where God will use you. Amen. And yeah, let's also thank you for coming. Are you not afraid of dying? Eh? Are you not afraid of dying? You sure? Okay. No problem. All I know is that when you die, if you have lived for Christ, that will be gain to you. And some of us will come and stand and say, she was a good person. He was a good person. Hopefully we'll be telling the truth by then. <laughs> Amen. So this morning, I want us to start off on a series called Giving in Jesus' Name. Amen. Giving in. You know, 2014, I wrote two books that I... I, I felt not to publish them. They were too, they sounded too controversial. And I said to my wife, if, I, if this becomes the first books I publish, maybe I may never get to publish anything. They probably stoned me at church. But now, I'm sure you won't stone me now. I'm convinced. He's saying this. When I say giving in Jesus' name, obviously there's a lot of things that go through your mind if you are starting to think, okay, he's going to talk about money. Money is, is inevitable. But is money the only thing we give? Not? Okay. But it, be that as it may, I want to start off by saying to you, it is very unfortunate that when it comes to giving in the church, we all have our different perspectives. We think we agree, but we don't necessarily agree. Amen. And so sometimes people say stuff, and you are sitting down and you think, I don't agree, but I will give. You know that thing? 
By and large, all Christians give. By and large. But like I say, we don't give for the same reasons. Right? And we also have different experiences of the fruit of giving. Right? There are people who give and out of conviction can tell you, I have a testimony of giving. And they give all different forms of givings that you may not necessarily agree with. So there's someone, when you go to them, they will say, me, I never miss my tithe. And you say, you argue with them about tithe, right? And they say, when I was not tithing, this happened. When I tithe, this happened. On the flip side of things, another one comes and say, me, I stopped. The more I gave, the poorer I got. Are you here? So, Harina, the same experiences of giving. And therefore, our approach and our attitudes are different. And then the reasons for giving are also different, possibly why we have the different outcomes. Are you there? So, what we want to do is we have started a theological engagement group to say, how does the church come to a conclusion of what they believe? Amen. So what I'm going to try and do over this series is to help you critic what you believe. Right? Right? So that when you have critiqued it, don't accept it because the pastor says it. Maybe it's wrong. Accept it because the word of God was opened to you. You were able to scrutinize and critic and ask the Holy Spirit, should I do this or not? You do ask different churches believe in different givings. You do also understand that as you stand there, sit there, you also believe in other forms of giving that we don't necessarily practice as a church. And how will you get on? How will you? Sorry, Brother Marut. Why are you not giving what, 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 what? You know that type of thing. You are never worried about what you give. People have a lot of questions about what they give in the church. Are you there? But then again, there's another side to the story that I brute. The world has given the church a perspective on giving. We don't give anymore most of the premise of the faithfulness of the word of God. Are you aware that let's let's start on the indictment side? I get are you aware that there are pastors who embezzle church finance, who steal the kereke, chaleta di kereke? Ba, jadi chaleta di kereke. You know that. 
Are you aware that there are churches that collect building funds and there's never any building that happens? Are you aware that there are churches where managers disappeared and a pastor disappeared? And a lot of other accounts that are supposed to be church accounts are pastor's accounts. Are you aware that there are pastors who when you give, have any accountability about the money, the money just goes to the pastor's boot. You know those things. And some of you come from those backgrounds, right? And so you're dealing with these things. So should I give? Should I not? Should I? And here we come at Cosmos City Church. We say, if you are not convicted, don't give. And then you're like, thank you. <laughs> but you see, as soon as you say thank you, you have just disadvantaged yourself, not us. Because God is still going to work with or without you. Other people want to give. They desperately want to give, but they're in debt. Because they don't manage their money the way God says it must be. Never mind what your financial advisor says. If you manage your money the way God says you should, you'd never lack. You know that. Others suffer from poverty mentality. I know a lot of people here in our church and in other churches who earn a lot of money, but they are as stingy as what? You know that Africans with a sonach. Mwahi remembers it. When we were growing up, we had this old Bobras Mamma. Bobras Mamma. Okay, if you are laughing, it means you know what talkie is. It's just a small. Most of the time, it was self-made pocket. Where you put all your money. And when someone says, can you give me five cents? You go like this. I cannot tell it. When you buy something. On Sako talking, eh? And those days, we had coins, everything, you know, all kinds of coins, half cent, tiki, garden, two cents. Your, your, your fingers, when they get into the talk, they develop ice. <laughs> you can be talking to a person like this. If you want to give them five cents and there's that one rent and there's a half cent, a half cent and a five cent were almost the same. You will never take out what you are. You will take exactly. Exactly. So what I'm saying is there are rich people who have a poverty mentality in our midst who if they understood giving in the Lord, we would not be where we are. We would probably be finished building. But there are also poor people with poor mentality. And they don't get anywhere who will get to these principles. Because they don't understand to these principles. Because they don't understand. In the Bible, there is no verse, there is no promise for a receiver. I have not found any. 
There is nothing. Every verse misquoted, abused, misused, every verse on giving is for the giver. You must go and check them. If you give to the prophet, you receive the prophet's reward, right? If you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. Blessed is the hand that giveth than the one that taketh. Give and it shall be given to you. Think of all. The, there's none. That is why Africa will remain a planting soil for everyone to enrich themselves. Because we are always on the receiving side. And that is why poor saints will remain poor. Not because the resources are not there. Like I said, resources are not the issue. Heart is the issue. Amen. So that was just my going around just to let you realize that we will address some of the concerns you have. Amen. But the first things I want to try and do is Whilst we are trying to help you, remember, I'm not trying to get you to believe what I'm going to say, right? I'm trying to give you tools to analyze and critique what I'm saying and read the Bible for yourself and come to a godly conclusion about giving. Is that okay? So first and foremost, let's look at the tools that we want to use to help you. When you do Bible interpretation, there are different types of hermeneuticals. That's how interpret a scripture, right? But I, I want to give you simple ones for the context of what we are doing, right? Number one, every scripture, every giving that we are going to look at, and every giving that you do, here's the first question you must ask. Remember, a lot of these don't see the notes there. Eh? Unless you go on plagiarism. This is free, Bazan. Yeah, it's free. Nobody owns knowledge. You know. Has God instructed that giving? Are you there? Why are we asking, has God instructed it? It's because we have a tendency of being dogmatic about something God has not said. So that's question number one. Again, we'll be analyzing together. Question number two. Did God recognize that offering? Right? Did he, did he instruct it? Did he recognize it? What were the ramifications? What, the what were the consequences? Did that offering, what were they? You got that one. Has he instructed it? Has he recognized it? What were the ramifications? And then let's look at what were the reasons for that offering? So in other words, 
The people who offered, what were their reasons? Are you still there? Are you sure? I thought you, last week prepared you very well to learn to tend to take notes, to not just expect, yeah, Jesus said, to follow the logic. Are you following the logic? Question number next, five, right? Did five, I get it. Did Jesus make any pronouncements on that offering? Did Jesus teach on it? Did Jesus say anything about it? Ne? Did the apostles say anything about it or teach anything about it? Are you still there? And then, did the early church practice it? Hmm? And lastly, did God expressly forbid it? Now, did God refuse for it to be done? Are you there? You got all of eight of them. Eight, did God expressly forbid it? And then we spoke about did the New Testament, the apostles. Okay, we, there was, did the apostles teach about it? Did the early church practice it? Are you there? Okay. So let's start first with the, I'm going to take at least five minutes to labor one, the premise from which we are moving. Ne? So let's start with the idea of giving in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's go to Colossians. I'm just going to read a few verses. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. It says, Colossians 3, 17. And whatever you do in word or action, deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So you understand the premise from which I'm moving. Whatever you do, so the cell oceates and elicamulum linze, capacates or diete, so the libison lamoranages. Therefore, am I, am I right to say it is a proper title to say giving in the name of Jesus? Right? It is proper to give in the Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, when we say we give in the name of Jesus Christ, our premise from which we move is that I give under the authority, the direction, and the surrender to Jesus Christ. I don't have other pressing reasons other than Jesus himself. Are you there? 
So hari nehela, hari nehela, kabaka la morona jesu, katsusumetu, etu anguye. And then, here's a chapter that I need you to go and read. I thought I'll read all of it, but I don't want to labor. Please go and read it so that you can analyze what we are saying very well. Go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 10. They are talking about food and what. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is pretty much the same as Romans chapter 14. You remember Romans chapter 14? They talk about food and eating and also we'll get to. Let's just read verse 31 and 33 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So whether you eat, drink, and what? Are you there? 1 Corinthians 10, 31 to 33. Whether you eat, you drink, or what? Or whatever you I like this one. It says, whatsoever. Do it all to the glory of God. Are you still there, saints? You must go and read Colossians. Again, we read verse 17. When you read verse 23, talking to the slave, it says, so now whatever you find to do with your hands, do it as unto the Lord, not unto men. Now this verse, the debate here was the fact that other people don't want to eat food sacrificed to idols and so on and so forth. Now Paul explains that in whether we eat, whether we give, whether we sleep, whatsoever we do, there must be an intention to glorify God. Will I be right then to say, when we give, we must give to glorify God? Are you sure I'm right? It sounds like giving is included in the whatsoever, right? Now, we'll pick on uh, Romans chapter 14 next week, but I, I want you to go and read Romans chapter 14. The debate is the same. So Paul now puts these things. He says, when, when people eat, it's up to them and God. He says, don't judge them based on what, if you eat meat, right? He says, if someone has, if you have a strong faith to eat something, and someone has a weak faith not to eat the same thing. How don't judge each other. Or one person considers a day holier than the other, whilst another says they are the same. Or whatever you do about these things, let it be between you and God. But don't judge one another. He says, when you do these things, make sure that you are not a stumbling block to one another. Are you there? But, let me just read this last portion of uh, verse 23 of, can you put verse 23 of Romans chapter 14 there? 
Let me read here verse 22 and 23 of Romans chapter 14. It says, do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. Are you hearing that? Who is approving? Eri, ya tabang. In other words, remember, you don't just do as you want. Right? Number one, you do in the name of Jesus. You do to the glory of God. Right? But as you do, the Bible says, but he that doubteth is condemned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. And whatsoever, you see how whatsoever is used, how many times whatsoever, whatsoever you do, whatsoever you do, whatsoever you do. But that whatsoever you do, if you do it without faith, then it's sin. It is interesting that you have the liberty to do whatsoever approved by the word of God to the glory of God in the name of Jesus. You must do them by faith. Are you there, saints? Okay. So now, for the sake of applying ourselves to the content that we want to apply ourselves, we are giving. We are going to take two examples, but these examples that we are taking is going to be a to and fro for, for the next four or five weeks. You understand? So that you are able to interpret as we have given you tools. So number one, let's go to Genesis. I'm going to talk about some of the stuff that Jesus wanted us to talk about. Let's go to Genesis chapter 4. I'm jumping some of the introductory stuff so that we can get you running as you, you read your Bible this week. Number one, it says, where am I reading? Genesis chapter 4. I'm starting from 1 to 7. It says, now Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of what? What is that? It, it actually tells us each person's occupation. So before we get to the giving, the Bible introduces us to what enabled them to give. Next week, as we build, we'll talk about the object of giving. Or where do these people take what they gave? Right? So Abel was a what? 
a keeper of the sheep, and, a, and Cain, a worker of the ground, or the soil, right? In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the, first, of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. Okay, let's start our interpretation. Did God instruct them to give? Do we get any impression? Does the Bible tell us, God said, bring me something? Eh? Are you sure? From what we are reading, it says in the course of time, they each decided to give, right? Did God dictate what they should give? So this offering was not instructed by God. It was initiated by the individuals themselves. Are you there? Okay. What's the next part? What does it say? It says, and the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. Right? But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. The Lord gave regard to two entities. What did he give regard to? To the person and their offering. Are you there? The Lord gave regard to Abel. Full stop. No. The Lord gave regard to his offering. Full stop. No. The Lord gave regard to Abel and his offering. But to Cain, he didn't. Are you there? What was the next, our next um, interpretation question? I don't want you to disengage. Did God what? Recognize. Did he? He did. Did he instruct it? Did he recognize it? You must start thinking of the reason why. Why is it an issue when he didn't instruct it? Are you still there, saints? And the other questions, what's the next question? What were they? Okay, let's see. So now we know, and the Lord had regard for Abel and his offerings, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Are you hearing God's question? If you do well, will you not be accepted? There must have been something that was not well that made God to disregard him and his offering. Because God is giving him counsel. He says, if you do well, you will be accepted. Are you there, saints? And what? 
if you do well and if you do not do well. So in other words, if you continue on this path, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Hmm? Are you still with me? Okay. Let's do this quickly. If you do not, if you do well, there must be some. Right? Which Cain didn't do well. And God says, in relation to this well thing, if you don't do it, sin is crouching. What did Paul tell us? If you do anything without faith, it is what? It is sin. Are you sure? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. What does Hebrews chapter 11 talk about? Faith. Let's read verse 4. God help us. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead, still he speaks. Who's with me? Who's coming along? Are you coming along? If you do well, you will be accepted. God testified of Cain and his offering, his gift. What was the manner of his giving? By faith. Abel gave an acceptable offering. So here's the bottom line. It was never just about the offering. Because both gave an offering. As a matter of fact, it sounds like Cain gave first. Right? But it says, by faith, Abel gave an acceptable. If you do well, what does if you do well then translates to? Cain, if you do by faith, you will be accepted. But if you choose not to go by faith, sin, which is doing things without faith, is crouching. Are you there? Let me just read the last. I want to read a parallel. So this is the first giving that we see in the Old Testament, right? Now, you know when everything that we are going to try and interpret, we interpret it pre-mosaic, during-mosaic, and post-mosaic. You remember the mosaic law, right? So we look at what happened before the mosaic law, what happened during the law, what happened in the church era. 
Are you there? So let's go to the church era and look at the first offerings. And then we will leave it there for today. These are the kind of things you want to do on a Saturday. And then we can ask questions. Then we can engage. Then we can debate. Are you there, saints? Let's go to Acts chapter 4. From verse 30. Let me take it from 32, but my main emphasis is verse 36. I'm just wanting to read background. Lord, help me to finish quicker. Verse 32 says, now the multitude of those who believed, these are the saints, this is the church, right? Were of one heart and one soul and had to put their glass to read. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. We'll come to those things later. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And a great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. And laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one as he had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas, will come to him by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having a land, a property, sold it and brought what? He brought what? He brought fruit and veg. No, he brought what? So one of the things we are going to grapple with is whilst... Money is not the only thing to give. It seems even from the inception of the church age, money became the dominant currency. But the Bible says they brought what? Money. So talking about money is inevitable. And so on and so forth. I'm just trying to say to you, it is not inconsistent with scripture to bring money. Let's go to chapter 5. It says, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, to who? Ananias. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Who is he addressing? Ananias. 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 And keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. So in that scripture, in that portion of scripture, Ananias, the person is addressed. And the sacrifice he is giving is also addressed, right? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. 
And then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. We're just going to land it here for today as we try to apply ourselves. Let's go back. So this is a parallel of the New Testament church and the Old Testament. Both are the first proper examples of givings, right? Now, let's, let's start with Joseph Barnabas. Was he instructed to give by God? You sure? You sure? If this Barnabas is the same Barnabas who went to plant with Paul, Barnabas was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Are you there? So let's just jump Barnabas. Let's go to Ananias. Was Ananias instructed by God? I guess now you are starting to apply yourself to something. And that fact is a lot of giving was by faith initiated by those who possessed that faith. Are you there, saints? Does it work? Yes. Did God recognize it? God recognized Barnabas' giving. God also recognized to the opposite. What did God give regard to in the Old Testament? The giver and their offering. What is Peter saying to Ananias? As a giver, why has the devil entered your heart? Issue is what? Heart. May Christ dwell in your heart by faith. He says, you, I don't have any problem with your money. I have a problem with what is in your heart as you give your money now. That is why it's not right to keep saying, saints, give, 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 give. Let them know that if their heart is wicked, you won't see the goodness of the Lord from that offering. And it is said for you now to say, I'm not giving, my heart is wicked. Are you even born again? Why do you allow yourself to live with a wicked heart? Surely then, I'm not even at the end then. I still have four, five weeks to go to the end. Surely then, there's no reason for a child of God whose heart is full of the Holy Spirit, whose heart has Jesus, to have a wicked heart going around giving. Not to mention hoarding. Because the heart of the Holy Spirit moved them to give. But... When they stepped away from faith in Christ, they stepped into doubt and fear and guilt and so on and so forth. We'll come to those things. Why some of us struggle with giving. So Ananias, God didn't ask the, the money. He doesn't ask it, but when you bring it, then that's a different story. It is yours when it is in your pocket. The problem starts when you bring before God. Because now the question of regard is activated. 
It was not a spiritual question when it was in your pocket. As soon as you come to God, he's going to regard or disregard the giver and the offering. Let's stand up. That's not a very nice point to, to stop at. So Ananias, what is the next question in our analysis? And you have to know this. Otherwise, you're going to just listen to me and go home and like, what? What was, what, what, what was question three? Were there ramifications in this case? Friends, I'm saying to you, if you give in, in the Lord, there will be ramifications for or against you. So as we go home for today, here's what I'm saying we should go and do. Go and ask God to give you the right heart towards giving. Because as you give, when you bring it to him, he may not have asked you for it. He may have not instructed you. But when you bring it, you activate him on your behalf or against you. It seems according to scripture. Are you there? Can I just quickly pray for us? Our heavenly father, we want to thank you. Mahalang, help us as we do these things to do them in Jesus' name. As it were, that we don't give out of compulsion and guilt and fear and competition and so on and so forth to be seen and so But we give that we know we are activating the divine order on our behalf or against us. So help us to give with gratitude. Paul didn't just say God loves a cheerful giver. It is because there are ramifications to our giving. And so even today, Lord, I pray that those who don't know you as Lord and Savior will hear you as you speak and they will come to you. Thank you for this day and thank you for what lies ahead in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, saints. Thank you.